Yes, hi, it's Bill Mosley, and you're listening to The Horror Returns. Goodbye. Greetings, victims. For those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. All right, welcome back, one and all, to The Horror Returns. I'm Lance. With me, as always, my co-host uh, Brian and Philip, and tonight we got our very special guest from Australia because it is a Cage Rage week, uh, courtesy of Brian. I think he's done about five, four or five of these now, Brian. Uh, four or five. That sounds right. We can keep going. <laughs> he's got a lot of movies. I mean, he's got fifteen of them a year. So. Let's just. Uh, keep it. It's not going to stop. <laughs> terrible, terrible Australian bead. What do you think? Should we keep going? Oh, definitely. I mean, if the cage is like, you know, dropping these movies like at least every two weeks throughout the year, you're going to have to like continue to talk about it on the show, especially if they're sort of horror or action or thriller related or even sci-fi as well. I don't right, even well, know what you would call most of his movies. <laughs> they're just kind of in a class on their own. <laughs> exactly. Like they're just Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah. They are basically what I would imagine would be going inside the mind of Nicolas Cage. So <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Babe, you guys still on lockdown or what? Uh yeah, well, yeah, we've been on lockdown since early August. Um, and it probably will and it's gonna continue right until late October because we just got our roadmap for okay. uh for the next couple for the next month so hopefully by the time because you know the delta variant is just like all over the place in australia at the moment and our city has kind of got hit hard by it but not as bad as sydney because they've got like like i think somewhere between 900 to a thousand like cases a day so wow uh, oh so well technical it's and it doesn't surprise me at all because that city was the one that kind of started it all anyway, but that's a whole different story. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, basically the main thing to do is, like, if we can get at least 80% of our state uh, double vax, then we can get a lot more, like, eased on more restrictions and that. So that's why they're doing the roadmap for the next month. And then hopefully by early November, we hopefully might be back to some normalcy, hopefully. So we'll see how it goes. And ho- I'm hoping that everything will be sooner rather than later because I really need a haircut and be trim really badly. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, shit, if that many people get it every day, by then everybody will have had it. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right, one way or the other. <laughs> well, I should be fine because I'm double faxed yeah. now, so I'm so I'm I'm – prepared for like having uh, a lot more perks than people who don't have them (laughs) all right whatever works um all right man well we're glad to have you back um i guess we'll we'll ask probably toward the end but real quick what do you guys have going on over there uh well we have quite a lot going on over at uh 
the the super network uh you know we're still dropping a lot of episodes of our shows uh every week uh two shows a week which is great uh to be tuesdays is our weekly show which is uh we drop every tuesday australia time of course um so that's been a lot of fun and hopefully our next episode will already has dropped by the time this episode of your show has uh and which uh we did uh the horror comedy hell baby so that's going to be our next episode of To Be Tuesdays. I, um, I, I think I remember that one. <laughs> and then um, we also have uh, a new episode of the our Ausploitation podcast. Uh, the Ausploitcast should be out later this week as well. And then, uh, yeah, we also have a ton of stuff coming up in October since it's the Halloween season. And we have a lot of great ideas for episodes coming up and including you know all the fan favorites as well so we'll definitely have a lot of good shit coming up very nice all right well um you know how it works man you're the you're the guest so we'll, we're always going to ask you first man what's your coolest thing that you've uh, watched read um g- gamed experience what's your cool of the week um, well, I would definitely say, like, I- I've been watching a lot of stuff over the past uh, week or so, so uh, a lot of it has been for upcoming podcasts. So I can tell you that for the next episode of The King Zone, uh, which we're going to do in a few weeks, we do it. The next episode is going to be on both the 1979 and 2004 versions of Salem's Lot. So I've got to uh, rewatch the old one and finally watch the new one as well. But I'll save my thoughts for. Uh, those ones for that episode. But in terms of actual uh, other things I could talk about, I actually have both a cool and a not-so-cool of, of the week. Uh, we love it. We love it. All right, to start off with the cool of the week, uh, I finally got around to a show I've been meaning to watch for a while now, and it's one that, I, I for some reason, I only just started getting into it now, and mainly because, like, the creator of this show has a new show that's coming out uh in the next week on netflix so i finally checked out um mike flanagan's uh, the haunting of hill house mm. ah, an oldie but a goodie man indeed but that's the thing I, i'm a very slow tv watcher so like by the time i get around to watching a show it's already been around for like four or five years so <laughs> um so i'm only three episodes into the series but i'm really digging it a lot and especially because i have very much aware of um the sort of you know the the 60s film adaptation the haunting and the 1999 version so of the same story as well so it's interesting kind of seeing like a different take on the shirley jackson book so and i'm really digging what mike flanagan's doing so far and uh even though like i said i'm only three episodes in uh i'm definitely curious to see where the rest of the series goes especially but i'm hoping to at least have it done in time before uh midnight mass drops on netflix because i'm definitely very interested to watch that show so uh that would definitely be my cool of the week and uh my not so cool of the week is since we're talking about nick cage and how he intends to drop like a million movies in one year i saw a film from another actor who does the exact same thing uh bruce willis with uh trauma center (laughs) oh man Trauma just keeps going downhill, though. I don't even know. Yeah, he does. <laughs> well, man. that's I, the thing. Like, I am fascinated by Bruce Willis at the moment, mainly because you watch him in all these right. VOD movies, and it's clear he does not give a shit about yeah. being in these movies. It really and he, is. And from what I understand, he's like literally only there for like two days. 
and shoots all these scenes in two days and gets like a million dollars per day. And sometimes even in 24 hours, he'll shoot all of his scenes. Um, wow. And they sort of sporadically put them all over the place. So a lot of these movies I've seen of him, he just looks like he's like sleepwalking through these films. But Trauma Center is interesting because I am 110% convinced that he was drunk during the making of this movie because his acting, oh, no. he, he acted like a drunk person throughout all of it. Even saying words like that any normal person would say correctly, it sounded like he was like slurring them up really bad. <laughs> I don't I don't think that was acting. I don't think it was acting either. I think he just might have just got off the plane, had a few drinks on it, yeah, got on set, and was like, oh, just give me the script and I'll move on there. And then <laughs> basically true. just did what he needed to do and just leave. Uh, he's rolling down the hill so hard the wheels fell off and he's upside down and just keeps on going. <laughs> Indeed. And the dude has like a billion movies coming out. I was like looking at his IMDb page the other week and he has like throughout the rest of this year has like four or five movies coming out the rest of this year. And he's already had like maybe five others out in the first eight months of this year alone. Uh, maybe well, Brian, Brian, Demi and Ashton took all his money. Exactly. <laughs> you do an you do an action podcast on our very network uh pretty much weekly, man. What's what's your opinion? What was the last good Bruce Willis movie? <sighs> I gotta I gotta look. Uh -oh. <laughs> we we might six be going cents. way back. <laughs> six cents. We might Die be going hard. way back. My, I guess my question for all, I guess, the audience out there, what was the last um, Bruce Willis movie you saw in the cinema, like one that actually was released in cinemas? I can think of two. I would have to say Glass. Yeah, Glass and um, yeah. Uh, Death Wish. Those are the last two movies I can think of that he was oh, actually I, I in did the see cinema. Death Wish in the theater. Oh, no. I saw it, but not the theater. Mm. Everybody told me it sucked, so I just didn't watch it. <laughs> It was as bad as I was led to believe it was going to be. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, it's more average than anything, but it's not a patch on the uh, the Charles Bronson original. Right. Yeah. Uh, Trauma Center has Tito Ortiz. Mm, he's in it. <laughs> well, well, now. Calling in the big guns. Sold. <laughs> and that's the funny thing, too, because, like, what I'm interested in with all these films that Bruce Willis is in, like, they pasture him on all the marketing as he was like, he's the lead, but he's, like, legit only a supporting player and some other rando B-grade actor is the lead, like, you know, uh, Chad Michael Murray or Paul Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, One of those fucks with three names. Right. What's his name from... Uh, Saved by the Bell, Mark Paul Glazer, <laughs> Screech, or Kellen Lutz and Jesse Metcalf, like those guys. <laughs> Somebody that came from a WB show or some shit. Exactly, exactly. All right, we get we get the picture. <laughs> Brian, you gonna you gonna jump in or you, you Yeah, I can jump in. My cool of the week was sleep. That's all I got this Are week. I didn't watch. Dude, I did not watch nothing. Wow! You heard it here first, folks. That's the first. On something. That's the first time ever. I, uh, if I got to get something, I am rewatching uh, or trying to rewatch. I didn't really get a lot of it in uh, uh, the Sopranos for the uh, upcoming movie. Okay. Good idea. Take I don't that. really. 
I don't really need to rewatch it. I've seen it a million times over, but just trying to see if I catch some little things that they're going to bring up in the movie. Great show. Yes, definitely counts. Well, I had a uh, definitely not cool this week in uh, the whatever the name of that fucking hurricane is that came through. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. That was New Orleans. What the fuck, dude? There's so many of them. I forgot who's who. Was it Charles? Chachi? Chachi. (laughs) Fucking, I don't know what it was. Anyway. Eric A. Chachi. It was supposed to be, goddamn Chachi. Every fucking time, that kid. Uh, (laughs) It was supposed to be a tropical storm, and then it turned into a hurricane at the last minute. and uh, Ripped some shingles off the roof. We had some water coming in. So, house is shaking. That's all fun. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, (laughs) also... The house is a rock and don't come in. (laughs) Is it Ida? No, I can't remember. I thought it was New Orleans, and then the one that stopped over New York and flooded all the subways for like a week. I typed in Hurricane, and Ida, I Peter, think it, and Rose came up. Rose! Hurricane Rose! Hurricane, well, she's always in. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was technically a tropical storm until like the very last second. I don't know if they actually labeled it a hurricane or not, but it had hurricane force winds. Right. Because it tore some shit up over here, man. There was trash cans and lawn furniture all in this fucking street. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it also killed our internet all week. So uh, I hadn't had a chance to watch anything until like Friday. Uh, but I did get a chance to catch the movies and I watched uh, Kate on Netflix. Ah, I've with, heard things about it, man. With, uh, yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Woody Harrelston. Right, She's so you the, can't go on. Chick from Birds of Prey. Yeah. Yeah. No spoilers. Yeah. Um. It's. I wish it was better. <laughs> oh no, dude! Yeah. This is supposed to be man. Come on. It's not terrible. It's just not near as cool as it looks like it's gonna be. You know. Oh, so. Okay. That's. I. I guess that's about as far as I can go into it. But uh. Is I, it Hurricane Nicholas? Nicholas, Nicholas. <laughs> Charles, Nicholas, one of those fuckers. It, it was Hurricane at Nicholas Cage. There you go. It was just this cage for town. It was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the bees, the bees. He the ate bees. the fucking roof, man. <laughs> Wait. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only thing I've gotten a chance to watch uh, aside from. Our awesome Nicolas Cage movies, which I'm very excited to talk about and very nice. curious to see, particularly what Bede thinks. Good. Yes. <laughs> Lance, you got anything? Is that it? Yep. Oh, I've, no, I've got a strong cool of the week, but um, before I jump into my cool of the week, I got I do not have any not so cool of the weeks this week. So that's always a plus. Um, but. Before I jump into my actual cool of the week, I've got to throw a little bit of love to I'm not the biggest, you know, Marvel comics movie guy, as you guys well know. Like, you know, I watch them all with you guys and I'm into it. You know, I follow all the storylines and watch all the shows, but that's just not really my my bag. Kind of sounds like it is. Ah, I got I got (laughs) to tell you right now, the new fucking Shang-Chi just fucking blew my socks off, man. It was like my it's probably my favorite story as far as just the story and the characters since Iron Man. 
and that's going way back. So. You bite your goddamn tongue. I've heard Science. a lot of people say if you take out the Avenger movies, Shang-Chi is top five. You know what? It's really? it's going to be in my top ten at the end of the year. Well, I can't say that for sure because there's a lot of good movies coming out this year. But uh, I really had a great time at the movie theater with this one, guys. Really, really wish that I'd waited an extra hour and 15 minutes and checked it out in, in IMAX. But uh, fuck, man. I loved it. All the characters were great. I love a movie where there's really no villain because you can totally understand the point of view of the quote-unquote villain. Yeah, I heard he was real sympathetic. Oh, my God, dude. I didn't know who to root for. I honestly didn't, man. It was that good. So hats off, Marvel. Great movie. Um, But my cool of the week, I am watching a probably very little-known uh, TV show. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this. It's on Netflix. Did not even know that it existed. It's only eight episodes, and it's based on a novel. And my understanding is that those eight episodes are going to be over, and then that's it, which I kind of like. Uh, you guys ever heard of something called Brand New Cherry Flavor? Yes. I, uh, I think one of our listeners was uh, a background actor in it. Really? <laughs> Huge fan. Huge fucking fan. This, it's, oh my God, this is a great show, man. And it's, it, you know, the best part is that the first couple of episodes, I was iffy. And I always love it. I did not pull uh, Pete MC and tap out after the first scene, mm. like he does sometimes <laughs> in the first episode. I stuck with it. And you started getting into the third, and you're like, huh. Okay, I kind of see where this is going. And then you get to the fourth episode, and it goes completely batshit crazy. And um, uh, what's her name? Is it Kathleen Kenner or? Uh, Catherine Keener. Yeah. Oh, Catherine Keener, the one who was such a bitch in being John Malkovich, right? And also uh, Get Out as well. Let's all Oh, my God. Yes, she's amazing in this. Um, other than her, I don't really recognize a lot of the actors in it. Uh, uh, well, you got Rosa Salazar, who's uh, who was um, in uh, Alita in uh, Alita Battle Angel. Ah, she was Alita, actually, correct? Didn't yeah. she? Uh, oh, what was girl. that? Uh, Bird Box. Didn't she run away with Machine Gun Kelly? Yeah, she again? was in that too. Well, there was you go. Machine Gun Kelly. I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> there, there you go. And then it's got the one dude from uh, the good, the good place. That played the, uh, the everybody thought he was a monk until they figured out he was just some stoner uh, loser guy that was pretending to be a monk so he could get into heaven. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. Brand new. You cherry play the card you're dealt. Okay, so guys, eight episodes. They average about forty minutes each. Check it out. It is well worth the watch. Um, I'm being told that it's not going to go to a second or third season, so it's going to be a self-contained story. Yeah, it's supposed to be a limited series. Yeah. Well, easy, I good, sorry. Easy cool, <laughs> easy cool of the week. Yeah, well, I've heard good things about it, and it has caught my interest as well, because I know it's from, from the creator of um, Channel Zero, like the same guy who created that show created the series as well. Okay. I had no so, idea. Yeah, and I think he's actually um, – well, he was a writer on Hannibal – as well, and I believe he also might be writing episodes for the upcoming Chucky series as well. Okay, Brian, I think you're starting to know why I'm liking this. 
Yeah, he <laughs> said the magic word, Bean. Yeah. yeah, and also I think he wrote Atlas, the, the new movie that's coming out very soon as well. Yeah, the one that's ah. been put off for two years. Yeah, been on, it, it's been put on for like for two years now. So, but here, word of mouth that it's actually pretty good for people who have yeah. seen it. So. You know, it little, looks like it's cool. The little kid and it's going to show up at the premiere with a fucking full gray beard. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be 60 by the time that movie premieres. <laughs> All right, Brian, we got any horror headlines, man? We have a few. We're going to start off with the the Adams Family 2, the sequel to the animated movie, Skipping the Theaters, coming to On Demand October 1st. Oh, nice. sweet. My kids are talking about it, and I don't want to go watch it in the theater. Ah, I love the first <laughs> one. And more importantly, the grandkids love the first one, so it's, it's going to be on the list for 31 days. Let's see. Uh, Frank Grillo says he's coming back for another Purge movie. Chance right. What happened to the final purge? <laughs> well, they probably realized, like, yeah, this one made money. Let's make right. one more. Just, right. But this time, let's bring back Frank Grillo because everybody loves Frank Grillo. And then yeah. that one's going to make money, so they'll make one more. Well, I mean, yeah. this movie's cost like $5 billion to make, so of course they're going to keep yeah. making more. Did, didn't, didn't he die in the last one, or am I thinking of somebody uh, else? It was uh, the president's bodyguard or the lady that became oh, president. Oh, for fuck's sake. Maybe he'll be the president in this one then, huh? Exactly. Hey, you got my money. <laughs> Frank exactly. Grillo for president. So <laughs> uh, Shudder announces uh, Elvira's 40th anniversary. Very scary, very special special. Ah. It's coming to Shudder September 25th. Hell yeah. Yep, that sounds like fun. I believe it's going strong, somehow still hot. Yes. <laughs> I definitely would. I was going to say, I still definitely would. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and also, I'm, ha- I'm excited. Story. Like, um, uh, I'd like to say the Joe Bob Briggs show, which for yeah. some reason it's like um, due to rights issues, it doesn't really air on a shutter here in Australia, but the um, Elvira special will be airing here in Australia. So I'm excited to check that out for uh, right. the. Very nice. And finally, I guess this is the biggest news. Uh, Warner Brothers is developing a new, uh, I guess, uh, adaptation of the Lost Boys movie. Now, wait a minute. I did hear this. What are we waiting uh, for, Lance? I man. thought it was going to be a TV series or something. I think that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's dead. It's not happening. Yeah, that, 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 that's when you know like they had... A TV show is dead when they had to do the pilot twice over. Because it... Yes. Because they shot it, it didn't work out well, and then they fired everyone, kept two, I think, one or two actors, and then reshot it, and it was like, nah, we're still not going to make this into a series. Let's just make it into a movie. Yeah, and they... uh, A couple of actors that are uh, attached to it is Noah Jupe. We last seen him in uh, A Quiet Place 2. And Jaded Martell from the the It movies. He played Bill. Huh. Little Bill or Big Bill? <laughs> well, that would uh, that would be uh, the fuck is his name? Uh, Jay's back. Yeah, he's too old. So, <laughs> although I mean, Jay's uh, back boy does look like he looks looks at least twelve years old in real life. Just say. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> he can play um, a hobbit, huh? 
Exactly. I know. I, I know. Nez already posted the. It's not his Lost Boys, but I'm <laughs> I'm fine with it. You know, we we can we can end up getting an awesome movie out of it. If not, we still have the old one. We can always go back to. Yeah. yeah. Warner and, doesn't have the greatest track record right now. And they uh, this this has got to be better than the sequels to the Lost Boys. So you think so? Well, that's true. Have you seen them? No, I nope. didn't know they existed. <laughs> nope. Just, uh, <laughs> I have seen because I'm that person. Um, <laughs> I actually didn't mind the third one, but the second movie was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it just shows, like, because uh, Angus Sutherland, Kiva Sutherland's brother, plays the villain in that movie. And let's just say he was the odd one out in the Sutherland family who didn't get the acting gene. Ah. Uh. <laughs> There's something about Keeper Sutherland that I really enjoy. I have always liked that guy. Well, I'm kind of curious to see how this new one does. I'm definitely open to see like a new interpretation of the Lost Boys and cut, and especially with the talent they've got on both behind and in front. I mean, and in front of the camera. Like, I'm kind of curious to see what they do. And and with uh, these two young actors, I'm kind of curious to see which characters are they going to play. Like, you could easily make them either. Uh, David or Michael, depending, like either one of these two actors could play either role. So I'm kind of curious to see who, which characters they play or if they're going to be entirely new characters. Are they going to be all emo or are they still going to be like 80s glamour? <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Um, that'd be interesting. That would be very interesting. No, they'd, be t- they'd be TikTokers. That's what they'll be. Yeah. On the <laughs> you know what? Damn it! God damn it, feed. <laughs> they walk in doing TikTok dances and shit. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> now that I say that, I don't know if there's any point of a vampire being a TikTok because if they film stuff, you're not going to see them in the video because they'll be invisible. <laughs> no, it's a done deal. It's going to happen, and they're going to be like, "Hey, man, this without social media." This man. Looking up a couple, Jonathan. I'm going to mess up your last name. Entwistle, he was he did that Netflix series. I'm not okay with this. Oh, okay. Uh, he is directing this. Well, doesn't that have two in actors in it as well? Um, Sophia yeah, and yeah. So he's definitely like just casting like it actors in all of his projects. Sounds that way, huh? <laughs> It'll be interesting. Yeah, that is the news. That is the news. So, uh, B, you ready to go to the trailer park, man? I'm ready to head down to the trailer park. All right, if that, if, if you're ready, then Brian's going to bring us the big, the small, and the very, very weird. Brian, what's our first new trailer to talk about tonight, man? Uh, Lance, you wanted it, you got it. Yeah. A new paranormal activity. I did not want it. <laughs> yes, you did. You <laughs> said its name. It appeared I said as it five times. <laughs> it's like candy. Man. <laughs> paranormal activity next of kin. I would read you a synopsis, but the plot is being kept under wraps. Oh. This is that, is that is that bad? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Should there is no story. <laughs> Maybe there is no story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this stars yeah, no, Roland. It's, it's, we can't tell you what it is. It's it's secret. <laughs> uh, this stars Roland Buck the Third, Kylie Zion, and Dan sure. Limpert. Haven't heard of a single one of them. 
Which I'm fine with. I'm fine. I'm always I'm always with introducing new new actors and actresses. this is directed by William Eubank. Uh, Christopher Landon is back as writer. And, yeah, not no, this is a little teaser, 30-second teaser, but okay. it looks like uh, it's a whole new story, which I'm, I'm glad we're away from the, what was it, five, six, seven different yeah. movies in the original story. Yep. Okay. So now it's yeah. a different ghost. Yeah, well, I think that's. I, I'm definitely interested to see um, this one because actually I like most of the Paranormal Activity films, uh, except for the last one, Ghost Dimension, because that one kind of shit the bed for the franchise. Um, kind of curious to see how this one does, but based on that 30 second trailer, it kind of looks like it's not going to be entirely done in found footage. Like there's going to be scenes that yeah. are not shot in that style at all. And I think, I in a way, that's a good thing because, you know, A, it kind of freshens up the franchise and kind of takes a different approach to the story. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and Lance, uh, William uh-huh. Eubank directed Underwater. I like that movie. That was on my top ten last year or the year before or whatever year it came out. Yeah, yeah that that was the main thing in the trailer that I liked. It looked like we're going to. We're gonna switch from found footage to to regular footage. It looked like with uh, flashbacks yeah. and stuff didn't, like that. It didn't work very well for Blair Witch, guys. Remember? Yeah, well, that is uh, true. But sure. hopefully, it ends up being uh, better though. Maybe I guess we'll just have to wait. It's on. Yes. It's on Paramount Plus, so I guarantee you, <laughs> Philip won't pay to see it, but I will. won't pay to see it and i it does kind of look interesting though they've got like a you know nordic thing happening (laughs) so speaking of wicker man (laughs) which we're doing today shout out to lars from denmark (laughs) yeah a lot lot of weird northern european horror movies coming out lately (laughs) uh but uh, it's interesting okay you know I guess if they keep they keep making money, they're just going to keep coming out with them. <laughs> you guys yeah. are such fucking apologists. This looks like <laughs> fucking shit. all the other ones. I've never well, seen a paranormal activity movie, in my opinion. They suck. I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen a good Dane DeHaan movie. About that. <laughs> Touche. Touche, brother. Touche. My, my prediction, Lance, you'll watch this. It'll be your number one film of the year. <laughs> That's a strong well, Because with, the, with these movies, a lot of what they do is just take scripts that have nothing to do with it and then make I them know. into these movies. I know. So, you yeah. know, I mean, it, it would be out of something else if it wasn't Paranormal Activity. They just slap the name on it to get you to come watch it. Exactly. Great point. All right. October okay. 29th, Paramount Plus. Ugh. Lance will be there at midnight. <laughs> Jackie's supposed to be premiering soon, the TV series. How long do we have to wait, man? Uh, I think that's October 15th, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Still a ways away. God damn it. All right. Oh, Lucky Dan oh. is back on again. I got to start watching that with, uh, <laughs> with our good buddy Steven. <laughs> Because we're the only two people in the world that still watch it. <laughs> oh, The Walking Dead. Oh. The Walking Dead, yeah. I don't even know what that is. 
Stephen Loveblad and I are literally the only two people that still watch it. Nobody else gives a shit anymore. <laughs> you guys are the only ones I post Walking Dead news for. <laughs> and we do right. appreciate you it. All right, our final trailer. We're finally getting it after much delay. Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. This one does have a synopsis. Does it? And an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a with well, with a well-chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. This stars Kate Blanchett, Willem Dafoe, Bradley Cooper, Mary wow. Steenburgen, Rooney Mara, Paul Anderson, Ron Perlman, Tony Collette, shit. and so on. Tim Blake Nelson, throw him in there. He's always great. Directed, directed by Guillermo del Toro, not produced. This is also oh. written by Guillermo. Okay. B, what you think? Well, before I say my thoughts, I'm just going to say this. Uh, there are two things in this world I'm scared of. Nuclear war and carnies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, not particularly in that order. Exactly. And carnies, because, <laughs> you know, they have small heads and smell like cabbage, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the trailer was okay. I, I, to be honest, though, I'm kind of a bit, a little bit underwhelmed by Guillermo del Toro over the last few years. I mean, I think Crimson Peak is a very underrated gem, but since Pan's Labyrinth, nothing he has directed has really kind of blown me away. I mean, I wasn't even the biggest fan of um, The Shape of Water, so that kind of says everything there. But And this trailer, um, it looked visually looked okay, looks good, uh, but I, it just didn't really sort of grab me. But I think with, you know, but I'm going to give it a chance anyway, because it is Del Toro, and he's still a talented motherfucker. And also... When you have a cast like this assembled for a film, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to check it out because I mean, it's not every day you have a cast as huge as this in a film, like like this one. And also the fact that what makes this one interesting is like um, this is going to be, I think, uh, Del Toro's first film of his that it has nothing to do with the supernatural. It's an entirely no horror, no fantasy. Wow. You no could have fooled me <laughs> from the trailer. But yeah, okay. exactly. Um, but it's it's an, an entirely his sort of take on the film noir. So um, so I'm definitely curious to see that how it turns out. But at the same time, though, I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, kind of a little bit sort of like a bit hum on him at the moment. But I'm definitely curious to see it. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. I mean, it is definitely a dream team and Guillermo del Toro directing sounds like it should be awesome the trailer definitely didn't exactly grab me <laughs> but uh I, I i'm curious to see how it is i yeah i don't think it's going to be as good as i want it to be though right Lance. yeah i mean so he did win an oscar for the shape of water and the shape of water had a very distinct look and feel to it um, you know, a very particular time time frame and very definitely had a distinct and, feel during you know the fish sex scene, if you yeah, know what I'm talking about. I, exactly. Okay. You know, all right. <laughs> I no, I I, I just kind of think he's trying to sort of recapture that a little bit here. Yeah, I think he really is. I think it's kind of not. I don't want to. I don't want to say rip off. 
of his own movie because how do you rip off your own movie? But I'm saying that it's I, I think he's definitely trying to go for that vibe again. And I, I definitely got that feeling to it. It's uh, again, like you guys said, all star cast. There's no way any of us are going to you know miss this movie. I'm I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna be a theater must watch, uh, no doubt about it. Um, and Bradley Cooper's in it, so the wife will go see it with me. <laughs> that's that's guaranteed too. So um, I mean we'll be there, but I'm just a little worried that he's getting a bit lazy, and he's just kind of sinking back into what got him an Oscar for that. He's gonna try to kind of recreate it a little bit, you know. Um, but yeah, well I'll be there for sure. Well, what's the point if you can't get a trophy for it, right? That's right. It's like baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This one is due in the theaters December 17th, just in time for the holidays. Yeah, we'll we'll be there. I guarantee you the wife will come with me with Bradley Cooper in it. Nobody's going for Ron Perlman? I'm going for Ron Perlman. He wasn't in the preview, was he? Yeah, he was. I, you know, he was oh, for like a okay. split second. Yeah, you can't uh, miss that face. Exactly. <laughs> like, he better be the beast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, the, it, it, the, hey, it looked great, right? From a cinematography point of view, it looked beautiful. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great film. I just, I'm, I'm worried that he's kind of resting on his laurels a little bit and going back to that, that time frame. And you, you almost, it's almost like it's the same setup where you got the good guy and the good girl that fall in love. And then the evil older guy, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I guess for me, that's probably why I've sort of been a bit underwhelmed because he's going, he's been doing the same kind of tropes for a while now. And I guess, that's you know, I was thinking. Kind yeah. of like that's makes his work distinguished. And I'm like, you know, it's okay to kind of mix things up a little bit, dude. Um, <laughs> so James Wan, that, for instance. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but you know, I, I, like I said, I'm curious to see how this one turns out. I mean, I, I want to check out the original '40s film because this has been adapted before, just to see how it compares. So, uh, mm. but even then, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to a uh, Nightmare Alley. Mm. All right. All right. That was the final trailer. Okay, let's move on to some listener feedback. And this week, our podcast spotlight shines on, guess what? The To Be Tuesdays podcast. <laughs> I've never heard of the show before, just saying. <laughs> Episode number 33 in particular. Uh, Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, 2016. Uh, your hosts for To Be Tuesdays are Super Marcy, the terrible Australian bee Germain. Never heard and- of it. <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> and Professor Batch, uh, co-host of Web Tales, a Spider-Man podcast. Uh, we'll take turns each week picking a film to watch, and most of them will be ones we haven't seen before. Uh, episode 33 brings back Super Marcy and Bede. Uh, Craven is holding B- Batch hostage, and he wasn't able to join us. Yeah. Uh, however, we did rope in a guest and ask them to pick this week's film. We welcome Steve T. Uh, Stephen T. Bolts from uh, the Knack Theater uh, to Mad uh, to the Madness of Two Tuesdays podcast, and he has picked Electro Woman and Dinah Girl, uh, a web series. Title. Yeah, <laughs> a web series made into a film, and it is also a remake of a '70s TV show. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of it. Yeah, well, I've never even heard of the show either. But I, from what I understand, the, the the original show 
that the movie's based on it. I think it was made from the same people who created HR Puff and stuff. Uh. <laughs> so I, I watched like the uh, the opening credits for it because Marcy sent it to me prior to watching the movie, and I was amazed. Really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it looked cheesy as hell, but the good kind of cheesy as hell. So yeah, um, to be fair, you like some weird shit though. That is true. I don't know. What can I say? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a really fun episode, and Steve's a really good guest. And, um, yeah, I mean, 2B Tuesdays is definitely always the highlight of my week to record. So uh, definitely give everyone a listen to this episode. It's a lot of fun. Got to love bad movies. Exactly. Um, and that's it for listener feedback this week. We we're going to keep it short. Um, our show intro does come from Steve Carlton of the League of Geeks. Uh, artwork is from Natsulani. And if you'd like to help us out, uh, go to Patreon. Uh, please become a Patreon patron. We'll let you pick the movies for a future show at any amount. And for $5 or more a month, also pick a commentary for a future bonus show. Um, and if you have a chance, please give us a five-star Apple Podcast review. And you may win a steelbook of some kind if your name is selected, if we have any more left. But you'll get some. Or something. something, right? Yeah. <laughs> May or may not be a steel book. We'll figure it out. Um, on to our featured attractions. This is going to be exciting. Uh, we go into another cage rage. That's going to be exciting, too. Gotta cage rage. Like it's, it's, it's becoming a thing, dude. Somehow, beat. I think this is all your fault, man. I don't it, know where I get that fault. idea. But it started with Mandy and then it just spiraled from there. Yeah, uh, I I, yeah. I underappreciated Mandy the first time I saw it. Yes, I did too. Until we were just fucking tripping balls out on shrooms. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of how you have to watch that movie. <laughs> it makes way more sense. Um, <laughs> but this week we're gonna do the Wicker Man remake, um, as well as the brand new Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which I've heard incredible things about. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, we'll start with the Wicker Man though. A sheriff investigating the disappearance of a young girl from a small island uh, discovers there's a larger mystery to solve among the island's secretive neo-pagan community. Was uh, he a dr- sheriff? <laughs> That's what I was trying to figure out. I well, he, he was, was some kind like of cop. A cop. I, well, he was a police officer who yeah. basically retired and then got caught up in okay. this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, did he retire? Yeah, I don't think he yeah and he took the laws into his own hands. I didn't know he exactly. retired. I thought he was just like on leave or something. He, was, he might have been alive, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was completely out of his jurisdiction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm a cop. <laughs> I didn't mean I'm the cop you would dude. <laughs> well, but and that was a little shout back to the original, though, right? When uh, he originally got to the to the village and he was like, you know, I, I demand to be the authority here. And people were just kind of laughing at him. But I, it was done a little better in one of the two films. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right. Uh, director and writer is Nick Laboot, also known for... <laughs> Sounds like a Canadian, for sure. It, it does, doesn't it? I don't even know if... To, maybe it's Labouté, I don't know. Which, which, which sounds even worse. <laughs> I think it is Laboot, I think. Thanks. At least from what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> also known for In the Company of Men. Well, that sounds sexy. Sounds like the polar opposite of this movie. <laughs> Uh, Robin Hardy, a writer and director of the original film, uh, and Christopher Lee, who played 
Summer Isle in the original film uh, were both critical of the remake. <laughs> surprise, surprise. What? Are you serious? Hardy had his name removed from the film's credits as he did not wish to be associated with it. Oy. Uh, and Rinona Ryder turned down the role of Willow in this film as she hated the script. So okay, so maybe We're just jumping right in up here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Winona Ryder turned it down because of the writing. Um, Beef, what do you think about the Wicker Man? All right, I, I should say, like, before going into my thoughts on The Wicker Man, that uh, the original is a classic. Like, it's not for everyone, but it's, you know, a very interesting and unique sort of horror film that, you know, came out in the 70s, and it's a great film in its own right. Uh, the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man is a classic as well, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this coming from the ultimate Nicolas Cage fan. Exactly, exactly. So to me, watching this film, and I've seen it quite a few times, there is a reason why The Wicker Man is probably, without a doubt, one of the most memeable films of the past 15 years, because (laughs) everything that happens in this movie is completely and utterly bizarre. It is. And and you can tell that everyone is trying to give it their A game, but... (laughs) The execution of it is just hilariously bad on every level. <laughs> and I'll say this, Neil LeBute, who wrote and directed this film, he's actually a pretty solid filmmaker. Like, In the Company of Men is a good film. Yep. And, you know, he's did he's done other films that are really good, like uh, Nurse Betty, that's a good one, uh, and a few others okay. as well. Um, but when he was, like, attached to this film... Like, I was kind of like, oh, that's an interesting choice. Like, he's never done a horror film before. I'd be curious to hear, uh, I'm just curious to see what he would do with the material. Uh, and, and there's a good reason why. This film was made by somebody who's never seen a horror film. Um, oh, man. <laughs> like, this really? film has, like, all the scares that he goes for end up becoming more laughably bad than, <laughs> than scary. I did laugh like, many how, times at this movie. I mean, how many times can we have, like, jump sc- There's, like, literally, like, 20 jump scares in the first 10 minutes of this movie. <laughs> and also, like, bizarre moments where, like, um, Nicolas Cage is having flashbacks of this young girl who died while, you know, on his watch. And then it's like you see her getting run over by a bus multiple <laughs> times. And it's... <laughs> and... Of course, once Nicolas Cage gets to the island and him investigating, like, what happened, this, and trying to find this young girl, everything that Nicolas Cage does, like, you can tell he is absolutely 100% serious at all these scenes, but <laughs> the scenes themselves just end up being laughably bad. And, <laughs> like, there's a scene in particular that always gets me is like, he sees one woman. And he literally pulls out a gun and is like, step away from the bike. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that scene. Oh. And he gets on the bike and just rides away. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and also, you know, he wears a bear suit at one point and punches out a woman. Hey, um, it, it inspired Midsommar, dude. <laughs> exactly. punches a, he punches a few women in this. Oh, yeah. He, he literally what? also karate kicks Lily Sobieski oh, yeah. <laughs> some at some now, point, too. To be wow. fair, the first one was bigger than he was. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is like and, the anti-Black Christmas, Philip. Exactly. <laughs> um, and also, like, and a part of me kind of wonders, like, if this movie, maybe on some level, Neil LeBute wanted to make a comedy 
at this point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Because there's no way you can watch, well, that read the script and no. see everything that's happening and think it's being serious. No, I think there's they were being no way. serious, dude. Well, that, that is true. Weird. That is true. This is definitely, to me, one of those bad movies that works as a perfect, fun, bad movie because, like I said, you can definitely tell they're all trying to... T- going 110% with this uh, story of it. But it's just the execution of it is just so poorly handled that it just makes you laugh. And, of course, you know, you've got Nicolas Cage yelling things like, how to get burned, how to get burned, how to get burned. <laughs> and also him being attacked. And also the bees like, oh, the bees are in my eyes. Ah. <laughs> yelling at the top of his lungs like he's, like, trying to win an Oscar. Um <laughs> And also, like, the funny thing is about this film, and it surprises me, is, like, Nicolas Cage made this film as a tribute to his late friend, uh, Johnny Ramone. Really? Because <laughs> he was I a huge fan it. of that of the I film. Saw, I saw it at the, at, the, at the end of the movie. I'm like, this movie dedicated to Johnny Ramone. And I'm like, what? Yeah, because they <laughs> were friends crazy. in real life, and they I'm loved sure this movie. And uh, he did his... And I think the Wicker Man remake had been in the works for a while, and and then, of course, Johnny died, and then Nicolas yeah. Cage was just so determined to make this film. Like, there are some interesting elements to it. I did think it was interesting that they kind of changed it, making all the people on this island all women. So there's definitely an interesting sort of, like, uh, dynamic there because you got this one man who comes to this island and sort of the sort of the gender dynamics that is going on between this island full of women and this one dude who basically has no respect to anything that is going on with so on this the, island too. So, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but were the, I gotta know, I gotta know. Were, did the men have their tongues cut out? Uh, not not of a cloak, right? I believe so. I mean, there's been so. a little. Yeah, I get so, that impression, but they never explain that. Yeah, well, pretty much the men were basically like the submissives in this uh, in this film, and and I think that's an interesting thing about this film because Neil Lebut, it could like have been said, done all, great, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Neil Lebut has done a lot of films where he explores those kind of dynamics in films between men and women, um, and it's usually handled pretty well. But here, it just doesn't, and. Um, and yeah, and there's a good reason, like I said, there's a why this film, like this film, like it is bad, but it is pretty fun to watch because of how bizarre it is. And, and of course, how it's like, of course, like I said before, like it's probably one of the most memed films of the past like 15 years. Mm. Like most of the Nicolas Cage gifts and memes you see out there are all from this movie. <laughs> He's fucking wild in this thing, man. Yeah. I'm glad. Oh you're yeah. Weird. Oh yeah. Like he's giving it a hundred and ten percent. Like I said, it's definitely not a good movie at all, but it's an entertaining bad film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, let me go next. Um, <laughs> my my favorite scene is the montage of him uh, for seemingly no reason, just running from house to house and then like kicking in doors, kicking in doors and (laughs) taking masks off of children and screaming at people. And, uh, (laughs) the, the only jump scare that really got me is when he punched that lady. I was like, Whoa, where the fuck did that come from? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with beat on this one. This is the first time I've watched it. I've never seen this movie before. Okay. Um, 
because I'd always heard it was so terribly bad. And because it's Nick Cage, I was sort of excited to watch it. And so I I already knew it was going to suck. And so I I just enjoyed the suck, you know? (laughs) uh, That sounded weird. (laughs) It did sound weird now that I say that. Uh, (laughs) But I'm going with it. Um, And, yeah, I I think that he was so fucking wild in this movie. He's the worst detective I've ever fucking seen in my life. He's terrible. Like, every every time he does something, I'm like, why is he doing that? It doesn't seem like that's a very good idea. And then, of course. But but, but he's not a detective. When the lady officer comes to visit him, she's like, are you going to go for detective? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they even set it up, didn't they, huh? I think he just skipped it and became detective. <laughs> Maybe this was the detective test, and he failed miserably. Boy. Maybe he was in a he was in an escape room the whole time. We just didn't know it. <laughs> well, he sucks at that, too, then. Because this motherfucker cannot put two and two together. He, he could definitely yell instructions to the other people in the escape room. Yeah, he knows That's how the to thing I like. get along with people and scream. Exactly. Right? That's the thing, though. Like, he's doing all this detective work, and if any of this stuff that happened in the story never happened, he probably would have got fired from the police force at some point. <laughs> you think? Yes. Well, especially <laughs> having hallucinations and shit, that's probably not a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, I actually kind of enjoyed it for how bad it was. So, there's that. Thank you, Nicolas Cage, for saving this movie. If Nicolas Cage wasn't in it, how awful would it be? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Lance, what do you think? I know what you think. Brian, what do you think? <laughs> oh, my boy Nicolas Cage delivered the goods. He delivered he? exactly what I wanted him to Did he? <laughs> yeah, it was a slow build up to him going insane. I, Bede, you brought up my favorite scene when he commandeers that by bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> and then him, I don't know how many times we had to see that little girl get run over by that truck, even though Uh-oh. that's not what happened to her in the beginning. Right. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I, it even I, happens on the boat. Like she, he sees her on the boat and then all of a sudden, brah, truck comes yeah. out of is that the same little actress, or was that somebody yeah, another blonde girl? Um, oh. I think it's the same actress, but I think it's like you know he thinks um, the little girl on the boat is the same girl he couldn't save before. Like it's one of those hallucinations. I, I'm so confused. I, every little blonde girl looks exactly the same to me in this movie. Well, There's like fourteen of them, and I think it's all the same actress. Am I right? That's why he had to go investigate each single one when he kicked Wait. in the doors. Mm. I just I love we get we get martial arts Nick Cage in this he tries to he tries to give us give us a little bit more when everybody's trying to to capture him at the end <laughs> he does a little bit huh? <laughs> Wait. I just I it it's completely clear that they told everybody to to try as best as they can but just let Nick do what Nick does yeah and I have to say Lance I was entertained throughout this movie. Look at that. All right, Lance, bring us back down. <laughs> Have you guys seen this new TV show on HBO called The White Lotus? Uh, I heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, no, nobody's seen it. Then you can't appreciate what I'm going to describe. 
They this is the only TV show or movie I've ever seen in my life where they have a guy that's so pissed off. It, he he like runs the White Lotus Hotel in uh, and resort and spa in Hawaii, right? All these rich douchebags come there. And he's so mad at this one guy that he gets the master key, sneaks into his room, and literally bends over and shits two huge turds into the guy's luggage. <laughs> and it's real. <laughs> it's got to be real. I mean, you can't fake it. It's it's too realistic looking. And he literally bends over and you see two turds plop out onto this guy's shirts. Boy. That's pretty much what this movie did to the original classic film, <laughs> Wicker Man. I have never in my life seen anything that Nicolas Cage has been in that I've hated as much as I hated this movie. And I I remember not liking it when I first saw it. And I thought, okay, you know what? Because Beat is going to be on the show with us, I'm going to give it another try. Because Nicolas Cage has done so many So Bad It's Good movies that I didn't think I was going to appreciate. But once I finished watching them, I'm like, I kind of really want to see that again because I really just want to see him go full cage. And I'm like talking, of course, about like, you know, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance and that kind of tripe. It's horrible garbage, but he makes it good. He does make that. He he goes full cage in that movie. He can't make this. He can't make this good, guys. Sorry. It, it's just it's it, it, there. It, it's just it's just defecating and urinating all over the original classic film, which is one of my favorite uh, folklore movies of all time. Th- there is absolutely no way. Okay, so I'm looking here at the budget: forty million dollars to make this movie. There is no way that anything less than thirty-eight million of that was spent on cocaine. Because everyone at this movie is so completely out of control. And Nicolas Cage is just beyond Cage. and To the point where it's like it's no longer fun to watch for me. It's just silly and stupid and makes no sense. And the filming choices that they make to go back with that scene. And yes, was there even really a little girl in that car? They, they got burned up. Was there even really a truck? Was there? I, I, I'm questioning whether any of that actually even happened because, again, I can't tell if this was the same actress that was there later. The acting, it, speaking of acting, the acting was absolutely fucking horrible. Nicolas Cage is an Oscar winner. Ellen Burson is an Oscar winner. Lily Sobiski, I mean, she's not that great. But for fuck's sake, she's been in she a Stanley no Oscar winner. But she's been in a Stanley Kubrick movie. I mean, she's 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 got look Frances Conroy. Look how much she is. She's contributed to American Horror Story. Molly Parker, great actress, really really good. But for some reason, they all come together in this, and they just they they all bend over a, a big fucking uh, copy of the original, like a VHS copy of the original Wicker Man, and each of them takes two or three dumps on it, and they stir it all together and make a witch's brew of garbage. This movie you is absolutely fucking don't, horrible. Don't forget about Aaron Eckhart as yeah. truck stop patron and James Franco as police officer in bar. What? Are you talking about <laughs> at the very, very end when James Franco's in it for quite literally 30 seconds? 
Yes. That's I mean, one. that's forgettable. What's the point? I mean, yeah, great. Oh, yeah, James Franco. Cool. Look, man, I know that guy. I This movie's terrible. There's you, no redemption qualities whatsoever. The actress, who is this actress with the weird fake lips that played his ex-wife or whatever? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she was God, a fucking dude. moron. <laughs> she was the worst plastic surgeon ever for those lips. And I hate to make fun of people for the way they look because that's not cool. But yeah, God, but if they chose to spend money to make themselves look that way, and there's a lot of them right now. so <laughs> The coolest thing of this movie was the, the little – thing that I sent you guys where I caught the picture of um, uh, was it Edward Woodward, the original actor from the first movie, where it said... It oh said, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed that until you uh, said that I picture. Had, and that was kind of a cool little, I don't know, Easter egg or whatever you want to call it, but I, I don't know, man. It, it, I, there, you, nobody can convince me. I, I'll never watch it again. I watched it again for this. I honestly thought, okay, the first time I watched it, I just didn't give it a fair shake. But this time watching it, it's it's cemented in my mind. We're done. We're done with the Wicker Man. We're we're done with this version of the Wicker Man. I, I know. As a matter of fact, there's a new documentary that's like three and a half hours long about folk uh, folk horror movies that I'm, I can't wait to watch because it's available to me now. And I know they're going to touch on this. And I can't wait to see what they have to say about it. But um, sorry, there was one good folk horror movie that I saw this year, and it was one that was actually set in America. And it was the first good American folk horror movie that I saw, and it was the the remake of Wrong Turn. I love that movie. That that's oh, that probably, one was good. That's yeah. probably on the top ten. Probably. This didn't come out this year, so I guess it's not in the conversation. But holy fucking shit. This was so bad. And yes, every time he punched a woman, I, I hate to say it, guys. I don't want to sound like I'm a, you know, some kind of a weird um, sexist or something like this. But I did cringe. <laughs> it's hard for me to watch a, a man punch a woman like that. It's just very uncomfortable to me. For Especially as random as it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's a, at its right at all. But the fact that it's Nicholas Cage wearing a bear suit who just walks up to a woman who needs He's seemingly about to sacrifice <laughs> yes. his daughter, and it just comes out of nowhere. And mind you, especially when he karate kicked Lily Sobieski. <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> I was truly insulted because you guys know how much of a huge Midsommar fan I am. And I was truly insulted when I saw all the pictures of the little girls that had been sacrificed on the wall. And I'm like, uh-oh. God well, damn had it. they all been sacrificed? Well, but I thought my favorite director currently working, Ari Oster, did steal from this movie, but did he do it tongue-in-cheek? And then the bear suit, of course, he stole that somehow. Ay, the I don't bear know. suit part was great. How fucking wild. Nicolas Cage in a bear suit punching ladies. What? <laughs> Sign me up for that fucking movie. Lance, you just wait till he right. remakes A Clockwork Orange. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even say anything to that. <laughs> well, you say that you're not going to watch this movie anymore until some like a Patreon subscriber decides. We're going to do an episode on the Wicker Man remake and the Fanatic. <laughs> Wicker Man remake, so too late. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, nope. it's, it's, pa- it's Patreon. It's their choice. Anything, 
We have to do oh, a pop theory. <laughs> well, Brian makes the rules, so could it happen, Brian? Yes. Oh, it, hey, they're donating. It definitely can happen. <laughs> can we move on? Quick, quick. I might edit this now. Go. Yes. <laughs> Commentary on the Wicker Man. What's, uh, <laughs> what's the scores, uh, Bede? Uh, here's the thing, though. I guess for a film like The Wicker Man, and I'm going to include both its quality and also its entertainment value. So I will say it is definitely not a good movie at all, it's, especially when compared to the great original film. But at the same time, though, as bad as it is, its bizarreness and awfulness is what makes it really entertaining. And to me, it's the type of bad movie that I enjoy, the ones that try to set out to make something really good but just end up failing on every conceivable level. And also, it, unlike most bad movies, it's not boring to watch, at least for me anyway. Like, it is entertaining due to the bizarreness and hilarity and insanity that is going on and of course you have Nick Cage just yelling and screaming and also like it, there's a version of this movie out there where he like legit in voiceover yells at ah oh, my legs <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> which is amazing um so I think overall and I give this with love this rating uh it is uh I would say four out of ten but it's with love <laughs> okay uh, yeah, I'm going to say like a realistic score is probably more like a two or three. Yeah. Um, but I had like a six good time with it. So. <laughs> yes. So maybe, maybe more like a six, on. six, six good time <laughs> with this piece of shit. So <laughs> I'm going to erase my score to somewhere in between there. Ouch. And, uh, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Nice. Right. Uh, my heart is telling me I need to give this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the six. I'm gonna go, go with your the heart. Six. There I'm you go, with man. Go with your heart. I think that's fair, man. And I Lance, kind of want to. You know what? I'm changing my score too. I'm giving it a six. Lance, <laughs> I don't know how you were confused when Nick constantly explained things in this movie. Like when he flashed his badge, he said, "This is my badge. It means I'm a police officer." I know, dude. They did it. Right. They did it subtly in the original movie, and it was beautiful the way that they did it in the original. You and it break was, it down Barney like, style. Oh, I believed it because they laughed at him, and he's like, I'm telling you, I have authority here. And they laughed at him, and I believed it. And this one just fucking shit all over that. <laughs> Lance, you can you can still watch the original. It's still there. Yes. Now Lance has cage rage. <laughs> Got you a case of the cage rage there. <laughs> Lance, what's your score? One on ten. Oh, ouch. Worst movie of all time. Can we move on? No, it's not the worst movie of all time, but it's 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 down there. <laughs> it's digging itself in the trenches. To the actual the, the actual film. That it's that it's that it's remaking. It's like if they re Oh my god. Could you guys imagine how mad Tim uh, would be if they remade Jaws and made it shitty. Uh, See, well, if they put that, Nick Cage on in every, it, it wouldn't be shitty. That's how close to my heart the original Wicker Man is. That's, See, what, that's what pisses me off. Now, Nick Cage as the shark in Jaws, yes. I'd be down for. <laughs> Philip, what if they remade The Exorcist and it was really, really bad? I know. Like, that like he was possessed? 
Like, but Nicolas Cage in a remake I, of The Exorcist? Okay, but see, see, Lance, you say all this stuff, but now I want to see Nicolas Cage in a possession movie where he's being possessed by the devil. No, he has to. He has to be the priest. He could be both. Yes. <laughs> now I'm down for this. I might go write this uh, script after this podcast. He's he's the priest, and he has to perform an exorcism on himself. Yes, I like this idea. Yeah, it, he can dual roll it up like like Van yes. Damme and Double Impact. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I'm gonna kickstart this idea after the show. And then at some point, he's gonna definitely gonna have to have like a fat suit like the clumps. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Uh, this is one of Nick Cage's new movies. Um. I say one of because he's got like fucking four of them out right now. Uh, set in the tre- <laughs> set in the treacherous frontier city of Samurai Town, where a ruthless bank robber is sprung from jail by a wealthy warlord, the governor, who adopted <laughs> whose adopted granddaughter Bernice is has gone missing. Uh, the governor offers the prisoner his freedom in exchange for retrieving the runaway. Strapped into a leather suit that will self-destruct within three days, the bandit sets off on a journey to find the young woman and his own path to redemption. <laughs> and I'm not sure if there's really any spoilers that we can give here because oh, no. that's it. <laughs> We're going to do our best. There's there's no story other than that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bede, <laughs> what did you think about Prisoners of the Ghost Land? All right. I, oh, wait, hang on. I'm sorry. I got to oh go director God. and writer and all that bullshit first. Yes. Uh, director is Sion Sono, also known for Suicide Club and Cold Fish. Okay, this – I'm not a huge Jap, uh, Japanese uh, horror movie buff or Japanese movie buff. Uh, I'm sure that Don from the Horror Mafia could tell us a fuck of a lot more about it than me. But this guy's done a lot of very, very uh, critically acclaimed movies, all kidding aside. Uh, writers are Aaron Hendry and Reza Sixo Safai. Reza? Reza did this? No, no, not, not Reza. <laughs> no. Rez, Rez, R-E-Z-A. <laughs> Couldn't you guys picture Reza doing this, though? Oh, yeah, he yes. totally would. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Sion Sono called Nicolas Cage the easiest person I've ever worked with. Brought me back from nice. the dead. Uh, with drugs. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's that that's a that's a lot that's a strong a strong statement, man. Described as the wildest Nicolas Cage movie, them's bold words. Yes. Uh, yes. Cage says <laughs> it may be the wildest movie I've ever made, and that's saying something. Uh mm-hmm. that it definitely is. And I I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> well, they gotta, you know, pump it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the scariest movie of all time. Exactly. People are throwing yeah, up. Yeah, people belts. are leaving the theater puking. Yeah, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Fainting or whatever. All right. Bead, start us off, man. All right. Where to start with Where? Prisoners of the Ghostland? <laughs> I'll definitely say this. Out of all the genre films that Nicolas Cage has been making the last couple of years, you know, like Mandy, Color Out of Space. Willie's Wonderland and uh, Mom and Dad. Prisoners of the Ghostland is definitely, without a doubt, the strangest movie that he has made. Ah. Um, 
Am I saying I this as someone who has... Okay. Uh, That's strong words, dude. Over Mandy? Yeah, I mean, no, Mandy, Mandy has at least a lot of coherency to that movie. I guess that's, um, that's true. <laughs> and the world building makes sense. Uh, there's none of that in uh, Prison of the Ghostland. Um, <laughs> but I say that in a good way. Um, I've actually... It just is. Uh, that's the thing. It's a film that kind of defies genre because it mishmashes everything. There's a bit of like samurai films, westerns, a uh, little bit of horror, and also sort of post-apocalyptic action as well, and a bit of western in there as well. So it kind of is a mishmash of all these kind of genres. Um, and see on Sino, I've seen quite a lot of his films, and believe me, a lot of his films are completely and utterly insane. Um, <laughs> like he did this, oh. like he did this one movie, like the like just to give an example, like Suicide Squad. I mean, not Suicide Squad, Suicide Club. Sorry, okay. um, that's probably his best known film. But he's made other films, like he did this family film called Love and Peace, which is basically a mi- mixture of like Christmas film, rock and roll film, and kaiju film. Oh, cool. <laughs> And but probably the film I always best associate him with is a film called Love Exposure, <laughs> which was like this sort of comedy drama that kind of mixes uh, family, religion, terrorism, and upskirt photography. <laughs> Whoa, that's oh, a strange mix. You mean? But no, the thing no. is, it, it literally is. And the thing is, though, this film is longer than Lawrence of Arabia. It's over four hours long. (laughs) It is, and it is bizarre. And the thing is, the title card for the film doesn't come in till 90 minutes into the film. Oh, wow. (laughs) So he is an insane filmmaker. And he's not like, and a lot of his films are really unique and interesting. Like, um, I guess another one I did like is Why Why Don't You Play in Hell, which is basically like this sort of action movie where a group of filmmakers go up against the the Yakuta. <laughs> and it is pretty awesome film. Um, so so I had a lot writing with this film. So I was definitely curious to see, being that this is his first English language film, like what he would do uh, with this material. Because at the sort of, when you kind of think about it, the premise is pretty simple. Like it does feel like a mixture of uh, Escape from New, from New York meets Mad Max in terms of its story. <laughs> However, though, he puts a lot of insanity in this film. There are scenes and visuals and that happen throughout this whole film. Even now, I'm still wondering, like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. <laughs> and but at the same time, though, like, I kind of go back and forth on this film. So, like, sometimes I love it. Sometimes I'm like, I hate it. But at the same time, though, I find it such a unique and interesting film. Like, it due to how utterly strange and bizarre it is. And again, like Wicker Man, you can tell Nick Cage and everyone is fully committed to this utter insanity that is happening. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is, it's one of those films you, I could definitely see it as a film that people either love or they're really going to hate because you, that's, this is the type of film. It's either one or the other. Um, and for me, it is a mess. It is a mess of a film, but it is an interesting <laughs> and enjoyable mess. And of course, Nick Cage is just gonzo throughout this whole film. And the fact that he has this suit that has little bombs all over it, particularly down at uh, his groin area. And at one point, he yells out, literally, testicles! <laughs> 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 I 
Holmes. <laughs> it's my favorite scene in the movie. There's going to be so many great gifts that exactly. come back to this movie. <laughs> exactly. And also, there's some pretty solid action in there as well. And Bill Mosley gets the plot, you know, plays another villain, but he's having a lot of fun as well. Um, it's just a really weird and bizarre movie that, um, that, like, it is a mixed bag overall, but it is an enjoyable one. If you kind of go on its wavelength. So, but it's a film that yeah. I think it's either one that you either love or hate. That's the, it, there's just no way that yeah. you, you can kind of be in the middle. I kind of am in the middle for it, but I, I would say overall as an experience, I did find it enjoyable. All right. Brian, what did you think? God bless Nicholas Kim Coppola for continuing <laughs> to be in these movies. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna say I understood what was going on through most mm. of it, but I was entertained. This is definitely the strangest movie he's in. Uh real quick, uh Nick Cassavetes. Yeah. Why does he look like he's one step away from looking like a Dick Tracy villain? Is that what his face looks like? <laughs> I, honestly, no joke. The first time they had the photo of Nick Cage and him in the photo, I didn't realize that was Nick Cassavetes. Oh. I put some dude in a mask, and I realized, oh, that's just Nick Cassavetes' normal face. <laughs> my, wow. gran- my grandson was watching the beginning with me. He said, that's Deadpool. What's Deadpool doing in this movie? Is this in the Deadpool universe? <laughs> um. I love the mashup between the East and West, the, the, you know, the whole thing with like samurai town and the, the, the samurai, the sword fighting, the, the cowboys, the, you know, the whole gunfight at the end uh, and sword fight. I loved it. You know, they had the classic people with the rifles on the, on the rooftops getting shot down and falling. Uh, Ghost Town, I didn't understand what was happening in it, yeah. but it, it led to a lot of funny things because, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, does he say hi fucking yeah? Yeah, he does. He, he, yeah. They, they swarm him, and he's like, hi yeah, hi yeah. And he just basically just legit to like tell him back off. like, hi yeah. <laughs> but overall, I, I thought I, I had a lot of fun with it. Nick, again, delivered the goods for me. Um, Bill Mosley, you know, he he's great and everything. You know, he's kind of hamming it up here as the governor. Uh, he was Sophia fantastic Bat- in this one, though. Yeah, Sophia Batella. Doesn't matter how much you dirty her up. She still looks fantastic. Yeah. And I, I like I like uh, she got to get into some action uh, later on into the movie. But overall, I had fun with it. Although, I, well, about Sophia Batella. Yeah, Sophia Batella. Real quick, Brian, you, me, and 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 Darian would would agree with that uh, from the Padded Room podcast. Mm. But Miss Monica and also AJ both think she looks like a boy. So fuck them. She, <laughs> I would I would do does, her all day long, man. She does have very like sharp features in her face, but she's got legs to fucking die. Oh with. yeah, and, and she's a. a- full-on dancer, so she's able to do all these sort of yeah. action set pieces really well. I mean, I mean, between, like, Atomic Blonde and and uh, the and um, the, the Kingsman and all. Yeah, exactly. Did she but play I a dancer in Climax? That's the problem. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, she was ah, a dancer right. in Climax. She, she's an amazing dancer, and also just really? the way how she moves her body, these action set pieces or dance sequences is 
amazing. But the thing is, though, I find interesting is like um, Imogen Poots was originally meant to play the character, but she had to drop out and she took uh, over the role. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with they they went with who they went with. Really? Yeah, because I I think Imogen Poots is a way better actress. Yeah, because your favorite yeah. movie of all time yeah. is Black Christmas, right? Well, I know. Well, she's ex- still really good. She's Excluding she's that one, she's person. been good in everything else. Yeah. I will she, I will break. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, she wasn't She wasn't bad in Black Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, Imogen Poots, yes, I think, was. of the two is... <laughs> yes, she was. Everybody was. I will say this. I think of the two between her and Sophia Patella, I think Imogen Poots is the better actor, but I think um, Sophia Patella is the better kind of action star. Yeah, yeah that nice. makes sense. Well said, man. But I think Imogen looks more like a Bernice. <laughs> and even with the cage is like, Bernice. <laughs> I know. That was, I always thought that was a weird name. I was like, why, well, would, you, why would your character be named Bernice? It's a weird movie, Phil. It is definitely exactly. a weird movie. And, uh, uh, so, all right, I'll I'll go. We want to save Lance for last because I'm 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 curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I can't decide if I like this one or not, man. Like I think I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, Nick Cage craziness uh, had a pretty good cast. There was some weird shit going on, but if you try to like follow the actual plot, um, there's Really, not one. Which <laughs> is kind of the like a little bit. But there's okay. no real connective tissue here going on. It's okay. like finding dinosaur bones that are scattered three <laughs> miles apart, just sticking them together <laughs> and going. Ah, this is a governor source. <laughs> but um, it, I, Nick Nick Cage craziness is is pretty great. Um, he he does have. The one scene. I don't know if we can get into it. Are we? Are we doing spoilers after this? I guess. Of course, but okay. uh, you could do a mini spoiler, right? All right. Well, uh, no, I hate to do it because it was a surprise for me. Okay. And it was so fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, save that, dude. <laughs> All right, I'll save that one. Um, favorite scene in the movie by far, though. You you guys know what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. Um. <laughs> Uh, the rest of it, I, th- I thought the acting was pretty great. Bill Mosley was fucking on point. Um, uh-huh. My only problem is, like, nothing really made any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, the ending of the movie, I was like, wait, what the, f- how, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Oh, okay. I, 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 we're all wrapped up now. <laughs> I think the only way this film really works if you try not to make sense of anything, because it feels like a, I almost yeah. takes like dream logic and as well, like it feels like a dream. Yeah, because it was very hard huh. to determine what was what was reality and what was not. Um, although none of it, maybe. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, we, <laughs> we've been through some Nicolas Cage fucking uh, flashbacks at this point through both of these movies. Right. Like, yeah. they keep showing the same goddamn scene over and over again. And also a scene of uh, Nicolas Cage riding away on a, on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was funny. I would be surprised. Because it was just such silence. He hops on the bike and goes. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think, I think I enjoyed it for what it was. So, there's, there's my. Saying a lot, man. That's a good <laughs> yeah. thing. Lance, I'm curious to know uh, what you thought about this one. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the 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 <laughs> compared to the first um, movie that we watched this week, Brian, how do you pick these? Is it just totally random, or do you kind of like try to match them up a little bit? Cage or... rage. <laughs> I imagine Nick Cage just losing it in his new movies, and then I try to think back which movie that he lost it in the past. And he lost it the most. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right. So, yeah, again, I, uh, you know, full, full disclosure, I'm not a huge, um, you know, Japanese movie fan. I don't I don't have time. There's so much fucking great TV. There's so many great uh, movies made here in America that we have to watch for the podcast. I just there's so many books I like to read. You know, you guys know I read 24 books a year. That takes a lot of time, especially since one of them this year was The Stand. Um but for fuck's sake, um, I think it's fairly obvious that this Japanese director was was giving us a great love letter to American action movies. Um, I, it, it, and, and, and even Japanese a little bit, because I definitely got a little bit of the Seven Samurai in here. Um, toward the end there, right? When he was getting the town ready. For the bad guys and stuff. So I, I, I definitely got a bit of that. But yeah, um, Bede, you mentioned Escape from New York. I mean, that's very Escape from New York. <laughs> almost to the <laughs> point where it almost could have been a remake of that. Um, Mad Max, but yeah. with bicycles mixed in. <laughs> I got a little bit of like Hell Comes to Frogtown. Like any of these post-apocalyptic, you know, crazy 70s and 80s movies he did a great job I, I i think he mixed them in really well the cinematography was absolutely on point because it was not That's like true. it wasn't beautiful sweeping vistas of mountains and volcanoes and rivers it was dirty seedy vegas style lights like a like carnival lights on a bus just nasty he just did a great job of filming it i think that he set it up exactly how he meant to and i think nicholas cage was the perfect actor to play this part um as far as bill mosley guys i'm gonna say it right now and you guys know how much i love house of a thousand corpses and all those other movies Hands down, my favorite Bill Mosley role ever. Oh yeah, wow. he was As he the was governor. the best one in this movie. <laughs> he was so don't, good. Don't get his so white shoes dirty. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a little awkward explaining to the grandsons. Those are what you call kept women. <laughs> in, in the town, as they were walking through, you know, the women behind the bars and. You know, there there was so much implied there of like what things used to be, and then East Beats. Whoever said East Beats West 
just nailed it because this was just like the perfect combination of like a Japanese um, samurai movie combined with an old school American Western. And I really did appreciate that. And I think they did a great job filming it that way. I, I had so much fun watching this movie. I think that the plot made perfect sense. I don't think there's a minute that I was confused about what was going on. And that just might All be the right. way my brain works. Then I have some fucking questions for you. Yeah, <laughs> and I, and I, I may not be able to answer them, but <laughs> I, I think once you get to the ghost land, I think you're getting the part. I, I love the parts when they were showing, they had the people dancing in the background and they were showing the story through pictures of what happened. That was how we. Cool ended up where we ended up because i thought it was a nuclear war but no it was like a small a smaller version of that like a an accident that happened like and a power plant <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved it i really did i enjoyed this movie a lot it, it's not going to be a top 10 because this movie's got some or this year's had got so many great movies for me but uh man especially compared to having to rewatch that abortion of the the Wicker Man remake, this was just such a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Philip, I know the the scene you're you're referring to. I can't wait to talk about it. It makes zero sense how somebody could survive that and be. <laughs> oh, so, I didn't even care about that. So Hale and Hardy after it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen Nick Cage do. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. I'm ready for spoilers whenever you guys are. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go scores first. Bead. I'm going to give it about 7 out of 10. Like I said, it's not for everyone. And, and it's definitely, like I said, it's a film that you'll either like or you'll hate. And I wouldn't and I wouldn't blame anyone for hating this movie. But I think if you kind of go into it on its, and experience it on its own wavelength for what it is and try not to make sense of it all, it is a pretty enjoyable, wacky film. All right. Brian? I'm going to go a little bit higher and say 7.5. Um, nice. Uh, not the best at understanding what's going on out of out of all his movies, but I, I had a lot of fun with the with the mashup of the, the, the Western and the Eastern styles. And, uh, yeah, Nick Cage was amazing, and I can't wait to get the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm kind of caught between a six and a half and a seven. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think if I compare like wildness and just weird trippiness, then uh, Mandy has it beat by a lot. And mm. uh, But maybe not. Maybe we should rewatch this on shrooms. I mean, I guess we'll have to try it now. <laughs> 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 Twist my arm. Uh, but I think this one was just kind of wild and crazy for the sake of wild and crazy. And if they had maybe tied the story together in some sort of cognizant way, um, the score would definitely go up because it was a lot of fun. It was just like that, like they ran out of budget and just ended the movie. (laughs) I was like, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) I don't think that happened, but it's possible. You never know, right? (laughs) <laughs> Jurassic Park 3 <laughs> um, <laughs> alright Lance 
Yeah, well, la- uh, last week, I what did I give? 7.75 to James Wan's new movie just because it was so immensely beautiful. And oh, I did, did watch I did, that one again. Definitely I, a fucking nine. Kick-ass movie. Uh, you know what? I did not particularly love the story. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I really didn't, especially thinking back on it. I'll rewatch it, but there was a lot of plot holes in it, I think. But as far as the, you know, the way that he filmed the movie, I... 7.75. So this one's close to me, uh, a good seven and a half. And I'm really glad that you guys picked this one. Um, I, I, lo- I like this one a lot better than uh, Wally's Wonderland. I'll tell you that. Oh, um, see, I don't know. I think Wally's Wonderman well, may end up on my top 10, and this one may not. That's cool, man. That That's yeah. why we do this shit. So, yeah, he had some I- sweet dance moves in there. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Those energy drinks, man. I really enjoyed this movie. Got to give it a seven and a half, guys. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Bede. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Spoilers it is. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. Uh, Philip, before you get to yours, can I? I had one problem in the movie. Yeah, I thought it was a little anticlimactic. I thought we were going to get a battle between the, I guess the, the the outsiders or the I don't even know what they were called and the those weird nuclear waste guys. Yeah, yeah. And then Nick was like, "Hey, psycho, it's you." Yeah. And then they hugged, and then. Nick and Cassavetes, yeah, stands back and outstretches his arm, and then a flash of light and a mushroom cloud, and then they disappear. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> and did did they did he get superpowers from the toxic waste? The I bad think guy? So. Okay, because I was wondering why they kept just disappearing. I don't know. Well, like I keep going back and forth whether the the um, psycho and all of his goons are they alive or are they ghosts or. Like, yeah. it's never really explained. Real? Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously people can see them, but whether they're actually just mutated people just roaming the land, killing whoever, or if they're actual ghosts, hence why it's called the Ghost Lands, um, I'm not exactly sure. The movie never really fully explains it. <laughs> they never really fully explain a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is true. <laughs> they just took too many drugs and forgot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I would be surprised it's one of those things like it probably was written in the script and see all of a sudden it's like, nah, we're just going to leave it ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot to shoot that scene. Fuck. Oh, well. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to, though. They're just there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the Nicolas Cage nut getting blown off. Yes. <laughs> oh, you got it. Funniest you gotta... fucking thing I've ever seen in a movie ever. That you shit. And they showed the it. You gotta, start from the, you gotta start from the beginning. Just him pouring okay. water in his mouth was enough to, I guess, arouse him to set it off. Uh, I kind of <laughs> don't blame him for that part. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Because huh? he's pouring the water and he's just like, yeah. And then it just. Well, she was letting it all spill out of her mouth and she had such a short little thing on. Listen, I can understand that. 
<laughs> that's you know what? That's my biggest problem with this movie. I, I mean, my, my favorite part of the movie, of course, was when it happened. But my biggest problem. So when I was on vacation last week, I walked into a door, right? And I had to get seven stitches. So this tiny little cut on my uh, forehead, right? And my eyebrow. And, and, and I was out for like two hours with that. I couldn't even imagine if can you really bounce back that quickly and be that tough after having your nut literally blown off? Oh, probably not. Plus, probably not, not. how 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 does it not affect the twig? Yeah, or the, <laughs> the other or the other or the other nut as well, because you know they're both right? in the same vicinity of each other. Yeah. I think it's like a tiny little explosion or something like that. Because yeah, yeah. the, the bomb on his arm went off, and it, yeah, it sort of, yeah, did, did damage, but it didn't like blow the arm off or anything like that. It yeah. just sort of like more surface level than anything else. Okay. Yeah, it, it did blow his nut away. He had it in his hand. That's yeah, true. that is true. He pulled that sucker out. I mean, I I've known people that got hit in the nuts by like a football or something and and lost one. I mean. It never like they didn't come out and they held it in their hand, but <laughs> I guess they <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get that far into the questions. Uh, but okay, so with his hand, mm-hmm. all right, they put that armor thing on there. I know, silly, wasn't it? What? Oh, I I didn't understand the ending where he like got it stuck in that guy's. Chi- Maybe I just didn't see something when he got it stuck in like that guy. And then pulled it out, and he had a sword, and it was stuck, but there was still, like, meat coming out of his hand. What the I fuck know. was that all about? Yeah. You're, you're looking to understand too much. Oh. <laughs> it, like, he tur- he suddenly turned into a mutant sword hand. Well, I think the hand, like, the he was building it before they left. So his hand's still in the thing. It's just holding on to the sword. Like, it's sort of covered like a bit of armor and then the sword just kind of like can shoot out okay as well but then uh, he had like just guts kind of coming out of the end of it i get well he had he did kill a whole bunch of people with that little uh hand sword that's thing. True. so like and doing karate chops which is obviously a, a stunt person doing all of it hence why they put nicholas cage in a a football helmet throughout most of that scene. <laughs> oh is that what that was okay yeah. Now, yeah. it, now it makes well, sense. And I, like, I think there were some budget limitations, at least, because I, in at least one of the scenes when they were in the middle of a bunch of sword fights, dude, he gets blasted in the back by a sword and doesn't right. miss a beat like it didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, uh, well, all right. Okay. So that fight scene wasn't exactly realistic. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, some of the fight scenes with the swords, like some people, like when they get hit, like in close ups, you can see like blood spatter and stuff, but in sort of like, big group scenes and all that if someone gets hit like gets struck or stabbed by the sword you don't see any blood at all i guess yeah. it could have been a like a budget limitation type thing because i can imagine this was a very low budget film when they made it yeah i think so oh, oh yeah but i'm saying like bounces <laughs> off of nick cage's okay. back while he's in the middle of fighting everybody like somebody missed their fucking mark and they just <laughs> kept going <laughs> it wasn't that bad come on guys <laughs> No, I, I still think the, the fight scenes was still pretty well entertained, but I can definitely see some uh, inconsistencies with some yeah. of the moments that it's pretty entertaining. entertaining. Were they great fight scenes? <laughs> <laughs> 
and you know you are characters like shooting up other characters and you had like right. bernice's sister pulling out a, a mini gun from out of nowhere just like <laughs> yeah yeah that was handy it was left unattended right there exactly. all right well and since we're in spoilers okay so what the governor's getting overrun and so all his bitches leave yep okay and he dies and now everybody in the ghost land is what free yeah well basically because since he is the richest person in this whole land he owns everything and pretty much i I suppose because even though it's not fully explained but from what i gather basically those who live out the ghost lands are like pushed away from society and basically samurai town is just a place that's run by his goons and, you know, sort of sex workers and yes, all that. Yes, yeah. So now yeah, that... The kept women, right? Yeah, so basically, like, hence the prisoner's title because everyone under the governor is a prisoner, whether they're in the town or out in the right. ghostlands of that. Oh, yeah. And now that he's dead, like, they're all free now. Even, like, uh, Nick Cassavetes and his ghost goons are now technically free because... Yeah. What? Which I guess is the reason why they disappeared. I don't know. It's never fully explained. They, <laughs> they let go of the rope on the clock, which they had been holding seemingly for no reason. Yeah, they are. I, 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 it I don't know. Like they could have just tied it off. Yeah, there was a lot of would have been a better idea. There's a lot of Terry Gilliam in here too, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's definitely a lot of that in there. I, 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 I've been trying to think like, what was the point of the clock? I suppose out in the Ghostlands, basically yeah. time stands still. I guess. I don't know. It's it's probably one of those weird things that like was added on the, the day of shooting rather than actually in the script. Anything, any explanations were cut out of it. <laughs> Right. Hey, Beat, if they were that happy when the gov passed away, why didn't somebody just sneak him in his room and, and slit his throat? <laughs> right, nobody <laughs> fucking liked this, this right? guy. And he had a whole army of people as well. I know. I but even his army of people didn't like him. I know, they were all cheering too. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like... We're doing a parade for Darth Vader here, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I think they got to realize very quickly, it's like, yeah, the governor's not as tough as he thinks he is. Oh, what is Grandpa? <laughs> oh, and that kind of shades of the governor from uh, Walking Dead now, huh? Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, and, and then, like, they let the clock go, and for right? some reason it still, it still exploded. <laughs> that was for the celebration. They should have had Malcolm McDowell show up, right? Yeah. I'm surprised Malcolm McDowell wasn't in this movie. And then after it exploded, I mean, they're like all happy when it's doing. I like okay. but you couldn't like done that earlier. What? What are we? You know what? I probably gave this movie a higher rating than I would have if I hadn't just sat through the wicker. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. It is well. I, I mean, Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice movie. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like I said, like Sion Soto has made a lot of very weird films. Some right, of them yeah. do make sense, others just don't. And maybe he's just being weird yeah. for the sake of being weird. Okay. Like I said before, it's, this is one I, of those. There's a lot that, of Japan that is yeah. weird for the sake of being weird. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's basically <laughs> kind of doing, girls' panties in Japan, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Like, it's one of those films, like, I think you were saying, Lance, is, like, there's a lot of, like, it's basically how he viewed, it's basically this whole film is a Japanese viewpoint of of American action films. Like, I think so. Yeah. This isn't something like, you know, John Wick. I mean, like, something like John Woo would have directed or something like that, which is a straight-up action film. But when you have someone as weird as Sion Sono and the types of films he makes... And ask him, oh, can you make this, like, pretty straightforward action st- script? You're going to know he's going to make it really fucking weird. But at the but end on crack. Exactly. <laughs> on crack. <laughs> uh, is there much more to spoil or are y'all ready to move on? Uh, unless you want to talk about the gumballs. Oh, <laughs> the gumballs. actually kind it's of well filmed. Yeah, yeah I was, like, I was, go ahead. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, it's a very well-shot opening, and it's sort of... Yes. And I did like how the film kind of, like, again, shows us, like, the sort of the guilt. Like, even though, yeah, Nick Cage's character's a criminal, but he does actually have uh, a moral center to him, especially, like, since he's haunted by that kid's death. And, um, and it's weird. Now that I think about all this stuff now, Brian, you putting these two films together uh, makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. In these films, like Nick Cage's character, the my kids, kids deaf, and there's a kid like, riding off a bike bicycle. The better version <laughs> of the Wicker Man. Exactly. <laughs> Brian, Brian is a genius when it comes to putting these movies together. I don't know where you get your ideas, Brian, but God damn it, I wish I had your talent. <laughs> you know how to pick a dude. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I. Aside from questions to how anything make like that whole bike scene when he hops off out of the, he jumps out of the car really fast and runs over to the bike and takes off on it like he's doing something sneaky. Yeah, it's like why? And then the next scene, <laughs> they pull up in the car and he's like, "Yeah, I guess that would have been faster." Yeah, like, no shit. It's gonna need to be in a hurry. <laughs> huh? Like, oh yeah, and I think as well as like there's a lot of I think a lot of it as well is deliberately meant to be funny as well. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think that's specifically what that one was. Yeah, in, in, exactly. And, exactly. And the nut shot scene, which mm-hmm. fucking achievement unlocked, man. You nailed that one. Exactly. <laughs> and also, it comes back to it later with my favorite line of the movie, which with Nick, like, once again, Nicholas Cage just yelling out, testicles! <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. amazing. I just love his reaction to it. Oh! <laughs> oh! Because he is giving it 110%. You can never <laughs> accuse of Nick Cage of phoning in any of his performances, regardless of the quality of the film itself. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough, man. Yeah. Give credit where credit's due, right? Exactly. It's definitely worth a watch. Hmm. You know what? I'll, I'll go with that. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Don't expect <laughs> it to. But if you want some Nick Cage craziness, this is the one. Yeah, at least for Agree this month. That. At least for this month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. for this month until his next movie. Yes. Oh, <laughs> All right. His Wonderland was pretty fucking great, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, B, thanks for coming on, dude. Um, you gave us a little bit of an idea of what you have coming out, but where can everybody find you? Ah, uh, well, if people want to find me personally, they can find me at my. Besides, Twitter. who wants to be a millionaire? That is uh, exactly. Well, that is like, geez, that was a few years, three years ago now. Geez, times fly by since then. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, well, I'm over on Twitter at twitter.com slash BenjaMine, so people can find me there. Uh, people can also find all my work at supermasty.com with my reviews and columns. Um, I've, nine months into the year, and this is totally on brand for me, I finally released my top 10 films of 2020. Um, <laughs> my list for that is on uh, the website, so definitely check that out. And also uh, putting together my... Exactly. And I'm also putting together my 31 Days of Horror list, so keep a lookout for that very soon. I definitely have some pretty exciting movies to look forward to to watching uh, in October. Uh, also, you can find all of our podcasts over at supermarcy.com, uh, hosted by me and Marcy. To uh, be Tuesdays, which we also do with our good friend Mike Batchelor. Um, also, The King Zone. Uh, uh, the Osploit cast, and of course, just the regular Super Podcast episodes you can find at supermarcy.com and all podcast streaming services everywhere. And uh, and if people want to support us, they can follow us over at uh, our Patreon at, I need to get the, because I need to get the address of this correct, at uh, patreon.com slash the Super Network. So uh, any, any help whatsoever is good for us and uh, gives us and we also release a lot of really awesome and exclusive content on there too. So, uh, yeah, you can find all of uh, my work and also all the podcasts I co-host everywhere. That is as simple as it gets. The Super Network. Exactly. It's pretty easy to find. Okay, well, uh, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. Uh, we would love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can reach us at, reach out to us through the Facebook group or Twitter. Or just go to uh, thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. Um, I think everybody knows where we're at by now. I'm so embarrassed that I haven't created the website yet that I'm not going to mention that. So maybe <laughs> next week we'll have something to say. But speaking of next week, uh, we are going to go back in time again. <laughs> it's a quote Huey Lewis in, in the time. news. Brian, what are we doing next week, man? Another year in horror, this time 1987. Awesome. Uh, part one of uh, 1987, we're going to do The Witches of Eastwick and Near Dark. Ooh, nice. And Brian corrected me, not The Witches of Breastwick. That's a different so, podcast. That, yeah, that, that, that's the triple X version. That's the one I was looking for. That's, that's <laughs> Patreon. Well, Philip, since you're so excited about that, dude, you can tell us uh, until the horror returns again. Good night. Or you can say it like Nicolas Cage. Good night. Uh-oh. All right, let's do that again. Samarat. All right. So, Bede, until the horror returns again. First of all, it's Nicolas Cage here, and I will say good night.